in your heart Share what you feel No matter the subject You can always be real Talk with JC Michelle. Hard talk with JC Michelle. Hard talk with JC Michelle. Hard talk with JC Michelle. Yeah. Welcome to Heart Talk. This is Tracy Michelle Lewis Jiggis, and y'all, I am so excited about this episode. This is the season finale episode of Heart Talk with Tracy Michelle. Our season three's theme was all about Black joy. And this is our final episode for that theme. Uh, We'll be picking up in the new year in 2023. Um, And I I can't even tell you what's coming, but it is going to be amazing and different. And I am looking forward to to that conversation um, when it comes. In the meantime, as I said, I'm super excited about this episode. Yes, because it's the season finale, but also because like, you know, when you have like a really special message to share and you just, your body lets you know that you're excited about that. That's how I feel right now. My body is letting me know that I am super excited about this message to you. Um, Whenever somebody asks me, you know how you have like those little tests online or whatever, or someone may actually directly ask you, what's your spirit animal or whatever? I, and I hopefully, you know, I, that is because I know I've been reading that uh, some indigenous folks may find that language um, offensive. And please know that that is not my intention here. Um, I don't think that I've actually ever thought about that kind of thing before. But recently I was thinking about a connection that I did have with an animal, an animal that I feel like symbolizes me. And believe it or not, or maybe you might believe this because I'm such a beach person, but it is the seagull. And I've talked about seagulls many times before in my work, but the seagull I think, number one, because they're generally found at the coast by the ocean, and that's where I like to be found. But also, I'm often in a really relaxed state when I'm watching the seagulls and how they move. And because of that, I think I'm open to the messages that I get from this animal. So let me just share with you um, a little bit of a story I was at the beach earlier this year and I was sitting there meditating and uh, just taking in the sounds and sights and trying to be really present in the moment. And I was watching the seagulls and how they fly. And what really captivated me was that when you watch seagulls, they flap their wings like really, really hard and they get some height by doing that, right? They get some elevation But then once they get to like a certain point, they just soar. They just let their wings just stretch out and they're not doing all of the work of flapping and flapping their wings all wildly. They do that for a season, for a second, and they get as high as they need to be. And then they just let go and they soar and they just allow the momentum that they've created to carry them. And man, listen. 
when I tell you when that came to me, like that lesson, it took me out of here because I think for a long time for me, I've been that seagull flapping my wings wildly constantly, even when it was not necessary. There are times, right, of course, when you're working and I, you know, when I was doing the work and I can only, you know, compare this to my work as a writer, right, where I'm sitting my butt in the chair and I'm spending days and hours working on my book, right? And that to me is the equivalent of flapping your wings and doing the work. You're gaining momentum. You're getting, you're you're elevating yourself, right? But then there comes a time when you have to let that manuscript go. And you have to soar. I think for me, I tend to keep flapping when I should be soaring, right? I keep working and working and flapping and trying to gain more momentum when really it's the season of soaring, of resting, of allowing the work that I've done to carry me. And so that flapping my wings all wildly um, becomes futile, right? It's a waste of energy. When the wind, some of which is just present because it is, and some of it is present because I've created that momentum, it's there. It's there and it's designed to carry me to the next place, to the ne- wherever I'm going, right? And so part of it is the wind is this unseen entity that will do the work to help me rise and soar just because it's there. And also because I've stirred it up, right? And so I imagine the wind as spirit, right? As the Holy Spirit, right? That's there, number one, period. But also present because I allow it to be because I've done the work, right? To create, to stir it up through operating in my calling, pursuing my dream, whatever you want to call it, just being really. And also, you know, I feel like God, you know, uses that work rest season that like that back and forth because God wants us to rest. He wants us to soar. It's not constant movement. It's sometimes it's letting go. Right. And again, there's there's certainly a time for flapping the wings. Right. When we're in the process of gaining momentum, we're doing the work to fly It's not a bad thing, but when it's time to stretch out and soar and just let the spirit do the work to carry you, which is, again, how I see the wind, that spirit doesn't just provide you direction, but it also, it preserves your energy. And so I think it's important for all of us to let God lift us to allow the work that we've already done to make us rise and to rest our bodies and minds when we can, in between the flapping of our wings. (laughs) One of the things that I've also had to reckon with a lot lately is the fact that I feel like a good portion of the reason why I'm flapping when I should be soaring is because I am trying to manufacture some height, right? Like, I think I need to be higher when in that moment, no, I just need to be soaring. And so a good portion of my life, I um, that was a survival mechanism. That was a survival technique for me, right? I needed to manufacture the circumstances, the situations, the relationships. 
I move my whole life sometimes to be in proximity to people and opportunities and things that were not mine, but that I thought that if I was just close to it, that somehow through osmosis, I could get the love or the care or the opportunity or the success that I was longing for. And that kind of manipulation and manufacturing of your life can only go so far. Number one is going to exhaust you, right? Because you're flapping when you should be soaring, right? You're trying to manufacture wind, right? And now that I'm in a space of releasing my need to control and doing that work and manufacturing my life, it's now a challenge, especially when that's how I've survived for so long. That's how I was able to get acceptance. But I realize even that acceptance wasn't necessarily real. It was created by me so I can feel like I was worth something in the world. But little did I know I was already worth something in the world. And now I'm trying to do something different. And it's just, it's hard. It's hard to let God run the show. (laughs) A lot of times for me, even in the writing of Black Joy, I'd done the work. I'd written the book. I'd showed up where I'd been asked to show up. But the impact of the book, the impact of my work, the impact of the stories was never up to me. And that's hard for me to swallow, right? There was not, there is not enough manufacturing of circumstances of being at the right place at the right time. There's not enough of any of that that's going to make that book do what it did or what it's supposed to do. All of that is in God's hands. I do not control the outcomes. We do not have control over the outcomes. And I think part of my journey with joy is allowing joy to just be. And not trying to say, oh, if I put this on my to-do list or put this on my joy list, right, then this is going to happen, You know, I I may know in the back of my mind that part of the healing journey is being intentional about creating joy in my life. But there's a difference between being intentional about creating joy in one's life and trying to manufacture specific outcomes by wielding joy in a particular way, right? I, you know, I, I think that it's important that when I feel like I'm lacking love and acceptance or success, that I don't actually try to manufacture outcomes to try to get it, that I am simply relying on creating things that genuinely bring me joy, whether or not they're going to get me those things or not. Hopefully that makes sense, right? So if I wrote this book, um, but I had the whole time in my mind as an outcome that it needed to land on certain bestsellers list or in certain people's hands, then of course I'm going to be devastated if that doesn't happen, right? But if I wrote this book because I felt genuinely called to the subject matter, because I am in a space in my life where this particular part of my healing journey um, that I, I wanted to share, right? 
if I embark on this new relationship, if I embark on this new friendship, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a book. It can be anything, right? If you embark on anything with a purity of allowing whatever the outcomes are going to be to simply be, then number one, I think it frees up all of the anxiety that we sometimes have in our bodies by trying to make something happen. And we can just be present and enjoy the joy, the thing, as it is, as it happens to show up. And the thing is, I'm a firm believer that God honors that and that God has a greater imagination that any of us could ever have, right? And so the things that I'm looking for as an outcome are probably way smaller than what God has for me as an outcome. And I don't like to use a language of like, and maybe I shouldn't use the language of smaller or bigger, but maybe it is specifically tailored to the need in my life in a way that I can't yet recognize because all I want is this list or this person to say yay or this person to love me, right? And so, you know, letting go is important. You see, I'm a vision boarder. And so I believe in the power of visualizing what you want. And so I'm not talking about that. I don't want to take anything away from that kind of work. I'm not saying that we should even stop doing that. But I think once we kind of visualize what we would like for ourselves, our desires, I think we have to make room for the exceedingly abundantly that could happen beyond what we desire as an outcome. So you may have a specific outcome on that vision board, but leave some white space on that board. Leave some room for something that you could not have ever imagined to happen. And by doing that, I think we also will always know that that thing came from God, right? Because we couldn't think it up, right? We couldn't manufacture it. This is the thing. I spent so many times in my life manufacturing my life. But I can tell you right now that there are things that were so amazing in my life that happened that I could have never come up with on my own. Random opportunities, random people coming up to me, things that just kind of came out of the blue that I could have never anticipated, which had a huge impact in, on my life. Um, and so I, I just want to leave us this season with this thought that why not just release the outcomes? And do whatever it is that we feel led to do in a particular moment and let the chips fall where they may. Let our lives be what they're going to be. Because I can guarantee you, again, I said this before, that God's imagination for our lives, dreams for our lives, is way bigger than anything than we can imagine. Let's go to the phones and see what's on our caller's heart. So I am new to therapy, um, two and a half years in, and I am starting to hear and feel things a lot differently and see things a lot differently. And so I guess one of my questions is, what do you do when you have had a best friend for 20 years and you didn't really know that 
the layer of passive aggressiveness towards you um, was really there, but now you can see it, you hear it, you feel it. It's always, you know, my fault or this is the reason why if I initiate um, wanting to do something, it's okay, cool, I'll let you know. But then I started to feel sad about it. And I'm trying to shake that off um, because I definitely don't want my happiness or my peace or joy to be compromised um, by this long-term friendship. And I know the saying is people come in your life for reasons and seasons. And I just never thought that something that someone like my friend would could be like this. And it kind of baffles me to know, like, well, how did we become friends and stay friends all this time? Um, but I guess as I continue to grow and heal and learn, people are going to drop off. But it's hard for me to um, – it's hard for me to make the cut, like to cut people. Um, I don't know, but I guess I have to do it. I know I need to do it because it's going to keep me stagnant, and I'm doing it you know, little by little, but this one is the hardest one that I had to do. And um, so just a little encouragement, advice, you know, what would what would you do? <laughs> I honestly don't feel like I need to, to explain myself either because I really have been trying. Um, and I feel like if I do try to explain, I'm going to be the blame and there's going to be a lot of denial and, well, this is just who I am kind of talk. So what do you think? Thank you so much for calling. This is this is a really uh, great question because I think um, part of the work of identifying what joy feels like in our body, accessing that joy, you know, the healing journey that we're all on, right, is that who we were is not who we are and who we are is not who we will become, right? And so the the biggest challenge with that is that so many of our relationships, our friendships began with who we were. And so if you have this friend Right. And I use that word very loosely, who's passive aggressive, who you because you're on this healing journey, you're looking at the relationship and you're evaluating the relationship and you're realizing, whoa, I've been allowing some things that are not right in this relationship. And now that I'm growing, now that I'm healing, like that's unacceptable. Then I think. You know, it is there's a couple of things that can happen here, right? Like if you feel like having a conversation and expressing how you're feeling to that person will not be fruitful, then it is important to think about what you want in a friend today based on who you are and who you desire to become and not necessarily who you've always been with this particular person. And that might not that might mean that you move that person to a different place in your life, if not out of your life. And I, I say that because sometimes it's not about like cutting people completely off. 
sometimes it's about just putting them in the right place. Um, there is a, uh, something that my therapist talks a lot about is like, you know, the, the circles, the concentric circles of relationships and how, you know, at the center of course is you, you know, and that's like one. And then two, the next outer circle will be your partner, right? Like if your spouse or whoever, the person that you're intimate with, and then your threes are your really, really, really close friends, your besties, right? The people who, you know, you really can call on, for practically anything. And then fours are people that are, you know, you may call them friend, but they're not necessarily the first person you're going to pick up your call. They're not necessarily your besties. And then the fives might be like your people who are acquaintances or co-workers that you've gotten really close to, but they're not necessarily your besties and they're not probably the second person you call either. And then the outer layer are just like acquaintances and people that you don't know very well. A lot of times we have people in our three, right? Or that we call besties. They probably should be fours. They probably should be fives. And the hard work is moving them, establishing new boundaries, Right. Because that's how you do it. That's how you move them. Because if you have a new boundary where this person may say something to you um, that's passive aggressive and you then respond differently than you normally would respond. Right. That's setting a boundary. That's establishing how you're going to navigate the relationship. And sometimes that's not going to be acceptable. And if so, they may not call as much. Or they may not come at you with the passive aggressive as much, right? Which is ideally what you want, right? And it mean and that might mean that they're not your bestie that you roll out with your your ride or die, as they say, but they are a four in your life. And that you're cordial when you see them, you know, y'all may catch up on what's going on with the kids or whatever, but it's not that intimate, close relationship. And that's okay. Right. And I think where I hear you struggling is like, you don't know if that's okay, but you have to do what's going to serve your healing journey, what's going to serve where you are. And if you can't have like, I'm all for communication, I'm all for um, talking with someone and trying to get clarity and even doing counseling. There's okay to take your friend to counseling, right, to bring your friend, you know, or have a mediator in your relationship. That's that's totally okay but if you feel like that's not going to work and the person is not as invested as you are into keeping the relationship or growing the relationship then that person you know maybe they need to move out of your life maybe but maybe they just need to move into a different place in your life um the 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 key to that though is you're gonna have to hold to those boundaries right And so sometimes we have to move people out of our lives because we know ourselves enough to know that we're going to slip back into past patterns. Our unhealed portions of ourselves are going to be activated in dealing with this person. And that's not okay. That's not what we want as healing people. And so I think it's important to know yourself and know what you're going to succumb to and to, to determine whether or not this person needs to just be, you need to let them go or whether or not you need to just move them to a different, more distant place in your life. Um, I hope that helps. Um, I always 
um, I've struggled in my relationships. I've struggled in my friendships. Um, I've always felt like people's, I've always felt like I've had people as threes and I've always been there four or five. Right. And that's been frustrating because I have them obviously in the wrong place in my life. Right. If I, if they we're not in the same place in each other's lives, then, um, you know, that that's some work that has to happen. Um, and so I've been doing a lot of work around, like, why do I, you know, place people or believe people to be closer to me than they actually are when nothing about their behavior indicates that they're that close to me. Right. And so I get this. This is this question kind of resonates with me because I've been there. I've had friends that were really like if from the outside looking in, people would wonder like, oh, that person's not very nice to you. Or that person really is like sometimey, as we used to say back in Kentucky. Like they, one minute they, you know, they're all in and they're talking about all the things and they're your friend the next minute you don't hear from them and the next minute they are very detached and distant. And I think, you know, I struggle with setting the boundary of saying, you know, you know, this person is not close to me and that's got to be okay. And I need to find relationships that are going to be closer um, or they're going to be all the things that I want for myself. So I get it. I'm here for you. I'll be praying for you in terms of like how you navigate that situation. Again, (laughs) y'all, I am so grateful for this season of Heart Talk with Tracy Michelle, where we focused solely on Black joy. And I am looking forward to 2023 and what we have to come. I promise you it's going to be interesting. It's going to be amazing. The format is going to be once again different. I like to keep it fresh. I like to do something, you know, different every season somehow. Um, And so I thank you. And I encourage you to share this podcast with your friends, with your people, with your social media, Um, subscribe, review. Uh, I don't think I've asked any of this all the entire season. So I'm asking this now. Um, and just know that I'm I'm grateful for you being here. Again, I say it all the time. Y'all be well. And if you can't be well, just be. Open your heart. Share what you feel. No matter the subject, you can always be real. Hard talk with Tracy Michelle. Jay C. Michelle. Yeah, hard talk with Jay C. Michelle.